0: You are listening to Sermon Audio from Grace Community Church of Gresham, Oregon. For more information about service times and ways to connect, visit us online at gracecc.net. I stood on this pul- or this platform two months ago, and y'all prayed to send me off to Uganda. Africa, Uganda's right in the center of Africa, the Pearl of Africa, really and we flew into Kampala there in the center of Africa lake victoria amazing place and we gathered together 26 individuals from 16 organizations that are using mending the soul curriculum as part of their trauma care and this summit was just it was a just an unbelievably powerful time for me as i thought it would be as our team of 6 came together there and we brought in people from east congo which is a sexual violence capital of the world now. It's just, it's a horrible place. From South Sudan, in the last three years, who knows how many people, over a million refugees are now in Uganda, have been chased out by the war. Another million are in Ethiopia, and up from Rwanda, and you've heard about the genocide there, it's gotten a little more news. Juma is the Africa leader of Mending the Soul, and he was one of the teachers. Got to know him. He's just an amazing man from a little poor village up in northern Uganda, and uh, just uh, quite a story. I taught on psalms, lament psalms, and such things, and I went through the psalm three to start off and took the emotion word associated with each verse of psalm three, taught the moods of psalms, then sent them off to write their own lament psalm. Every one of them has a lament. We didn't have to do anything arbitrary. They gathered together in small groups and they read their lament psalms to each other and for many the tears would not stop as they cried their lament out to the Lord. Katavo is speaking there. Mama Bia, she and her husband run 10 counseling centers in East Congo with a trauma that's unbelievably... Yeshua... I don't know how to spell it, pronounce his name, Yosa, something like that. I never did quite catch it, but he held my favorite student there as we finished up, little Adrian. And that's not, that's not Yosa's son. But the thing that kind of made him unique is he was marked, just before he left Congo to come to the service, he was marked for a slaughter by the Maimai, the rebels. For him to go back was to put his life at forfeit. This is a Sunday morning after the conference is over. I said, will you go back? He said, well, of course, that's where my people are. This is what happened after he got back. This is a village just north of Beni, where he's at. And Katavo, in the first picture, look, was burning. Last week, evildoers killed some people in Ocha, kidnapped others, including four women's leaders from the church there, kidnapped and and are not rescued yet. For how long, O oh Lord, Katavo said, please bear us in prayer. And that village was attacked and burned just shortly after they got back. That's just life there, Esron from Rwanda. He was a boy during the Rwandan massacre, genocide. He was one of many who desperate to escape the killings They were trying to get into the jungle as the slaughter was coming his way. He watched his mother and brother slaughtered cruelly as they ran away. I heard him say, and I asked about it, because in his congregation, he's a bishop of Evangelical Free Church in Rwanda, in his congregation are the ones who murdered, slaughtered his mother and brothers. I said, Ethron, how can you do that? He said, I follow Jesus. Another answer, necessary. Esther, nine years ago, her father gave her family a great gift for Christmas. He took all of their money, left the family, and bought, put it down on dowry for a new bride. And Esther and her brother grew up completely abandoned. She is the number one student in getting scholarships to go to university. Her brother is not a number one student, but he's a good student, and she is now working to help pay his school fees. 21 years old, heroes of the faith. Mordecai, credible artist, I wear his bracelet. He uh, and Nicole, been married six years. I heard they have 16 children, and I think, Sixteen? Yeah, exactly. I said, Mordecai, how do you do sixteen? He said, we have nothing, I cannot take more. Completely reversing the direction of my question, because they have nothing and there are children. I watched him last night said, I'll be preaching my church tomorrow, telling some of the stories of heroes of faith like you that I met at the MTS Summit. How many children did you say you and Nicole are caring for? After first service, he texted back and said, overall, 45. What can you say? And this is what he said. He's calling me father now. Oh, father, thank you all. God bless you. Remember me to all the members of your church. So he's greeting you. Albert, child soldier. If you followed the Joseph Coney when he was briefly popular here, you know a child soldier abducted his children, brought into the army with the most cruelest of induction things. He not only was a child soldier, he became a leader of child soldiers. Did atrocities that cannot be spoken and then found Jesus and found forgiveness. And you can see the joy in his face as he was singing there in front of the the team. After he got back to Congo, Nora told us his sister's son was kidnapped from his village. Albert donated the small amount of money he had saved for school to try to help get the boy returned. He asked for prayer. He said his vision was in danger. I'm not sure what he meant by that. What he did, he had all these savings he gave to rescue his, ne- his nephew. We heard yesterday his nephew has been rescued, but his vision for school is gone. Heroes of the faith, they rejoice in Jesus. That kind of a mission is what we're called on. Luke chapter nine, goes like this. When Jesus called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and cure diseases And he sent them to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, take nothing for the journey. That sounds familiar. No staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If people do not welcome you, leave their town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they set out and went from village to village proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. Now Herod, the Tetrarch, Heard about all that was going on, he was perplexed because some were saying John the Baptist had been raised from the dead. Others, Elijah, had appeared. still was saying one of the prophets of long ago had come back to life, but Herod said, I beheaded John. Who then is this I hear such things about? And he tried to see him. When the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what he had done. Then he took them with him and he drew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida, but the crowds learned about it and followed him. He welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed healing. Late in the afternoon, the twelve came to him and said, send the crowds away so they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging. We're in a very remote place here. He replied, you give them something to eat. They answered, we have only five loaves of bread and two fish unless we go and buy food for this crowd. About 5,000 men were there. But he said to his disciples, have them sit down in groups of 50 each. The disciples did so, and everyone sat down. Taking the five loaves and two fish, he looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke them. Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 baskets full of broken pieces that were left over. This is God's word for us to ponder and follow this morning. He calls these 12 together and he sends them out on the same mission that he has been on. See Jesus didn't want to to be the center of attention, he wants to pass off and give this mission to others so they can share in the wonders of doing that. The very same mission and what is that mission? Well, to proclaim the kingdom of God. That's the mission. But there's something to note here because down in verse six, it says they set up from village village proclaiming the good news. The good news? Well, that's the Evangelion. That's the gospel. See, proclaiming the kingdom and is the same as proclaiming the gospel. And that gospel is that word that means good news. And what is that good news? The kingdom of God is at hand. So the obvious question then, how will they know? Well, he gave them power and authority to drag out demons and cure diseases, so it's out to heal the sick and they went about healing people everywhere. They were doing the the work of the kingdom. They were showing its power and authority. That's what they did then, that's what we do now. What is this kingdom of God? Just a reminder. The kingdom of God basically is the Lord's coming, the promised Messiah is here, and he's coming to rescue and renew his sin-marred creation because this kingdom is been taken over by the serpent. Just like South Sudan has been taken over by the rebels and the East Congo is a place where the serpent works in just unspeakable ways. The kingdom has come in order to rescue people held captive by the serpent in his ways to renew the horrors and it's not just in East Congo, it's here too, it's just not in a different way. Another way of saying this, the kingdom is Jesus establishing his rule and reign over all creation where Satan is the prince of this world now defeating the human and angelic evil powers. And There are lots of them. He is bringing order to all fractured relationships, so many fractured relationships is bring order and healing and restoration and forgiveness enacting justice in a place where there's so much power brokering and corruption going on insults flying around and being worshipped as Lord for indeed he is God come in the flesh the God man the savior of the world that's the kingdom of God that we Proclaim then and now. He tells them, don't take any stuff with you. Wherever you go, stay there until you leave. Expect hospitality. Why? That's just what people do in these kinds of areas. When we're in Kampala, people kind of fall all over themselves just to show us hospitality because that's, That's what you do. My friend Catherine Kuhn is over here. You've heard her name mentioned before, Hope Alive Africa. She has shown me hospitality. We get to show her hospitality now. You just expect that sort of thing. Expect hospitality. They're not beggars. They're not beggars. They're going because that's just what you do. But what happens if you're rejected? If your message of the kingdom of God is not received and people reject the good news that the king is here, then you leave. But I find myself asking, what is the attitude when somebody rejects the good news of the kingdom of God? And it could be condemn, shake your dust, shake the dust off your feet as, well, you could, I could imagine somebody doing a condemning kind of way, but I don't think that is. I, now, God leaves them under wrath because they're still with the serpent. And in Matthew, it's going to say their judgment will be worse than on Sodom and Gomorrah because they reject the message of the Messiah. But that's God's work if they persist in their rejection and choose to remain in their sin with the serpent. I think the attitude is grief. I think we grieve when people reject the good news of healing and forgiveness, cleansing and honor given by the Messiah. I love this old guy. Thank you for putting him up here to distract me. Who is this Jesus? That's the question that runs all through here. Who is this Jesus? The people are a little confused, which I guess is not too surprising. Herod, though, is perplexed. And he's perplexed by the confusion of what's happening, but even more, he's saying, like I killed the John, like what's he doing back? See, in Herod is perplexed and frightened. Why? Why? I think maybe part of it is because he has a lot of guilt over killing John. If you remember the story, he didn't do it of his choice, he was manipulated into it by his daughter and his wife. In the same way I was manipulated into proposing to my pretty wife Sherry 50 years ago, and we celebrate our anniversary on Thursday of 50 years together, And I'm still wondering, why did you do that to me? Except I'm glad she did. But there's guilt over that because he killed an innocent man knowing, and a man he respected, but I think there's also fear of a rival kingdom because he's hearing they're proclaiming the kingdom of God and clearly it's not referring to Herod. I think there's fear of this rival kingdom. Jesus heads out of there up north to a remote spot. Interesting, the place he goes is where the revolutionaries hang out. So he proclaims a kingdom from the place of revolutionaries to perplex Herod. Later in the afternoon, the 12 come to him and say, you know, like, there's nothing out here. There's no Starbucks anywhere near. Like, we better send these people away. The disciples feel this obligation of hospitality where there is nothing. They're helpless to do anything about it. So I had to go to Jesus, like, Jesus like, send them away. <laughs> and Jesus, <laughs> can you imagine this? You, you, the emphasis is there on the, you feed them. I don't know about you, but when I live these stories and let my imagination go, this was not hard to figure out. This is an impossible command. Like, Jesus, don't you understand? When you say provide food for them, like, what are you talking about? We've got five pita loaves and two little fish. Now, I don't know about you, but I can imagine the disciples saying, Look at this. Jesus, two fish, five breads. Like, you've got any suggestions? Come on, do you have any suggestions? And he does. He does have suggestions. Have them sit down in groups of 50 each. And imagine thinking, well, that's not going to help anything. There's still 5,000 men and who knows how many women and children. But they did so. Jesus took five loaves and the two fish and looked up to heaven. He gave thanks and broke them. And all of us who are Bible nerds he immediately start hyperlinking on those. To Moses in the wilderness. To Jesus at the... Last Supper, where he's going to take bread and break it and give thanks for it just before he goes to the cross so that we can do the Eucharistic meal here, looking forward to the marriage supper of the Lamb when Jesus once again take bread and break it and give thanks for it and distribute to us. Except this time he said, you distribute. And I just imagine, that's not going to help, Jesus. But what did they do? They obeyed Jesus' incredible commands. They obeyed. It made no sense whatsoever, but they obeyed. Quite a lesson there. And the outcome? They were all satisfied. And 12 baskets Went into the to go boxes to take home. Some lessons as I ponder this. Proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God. We still proclaim that same thing. The king is here to rescue and renew. And we get to be a part of that process of crushing the serpent today, proclaiming that same kingdom. So we preach God's word. We do. And we also perform deeds of compassionate service because they always go together. Word and deed come together. And the transforming power of healings, and we have seen miraculous healings happen in our congregation. Not nearly enough, I will say. We have seen demons driven out from people in our congregation. We have seen Compassionate Deeds of Service. I highly recommend to you, Catherine and Sherry and I went to see, I can only imagine, last night. The story of Mercy Me and their break open song. I highly recommend it as a story of gospel transformation and forgiveness. Because see what we do is we tell the Jesus story that God left heaven. And came down here as God-man suffered the worst of the worst. He suffered like these Congolese are serving, like the South Sudanese. And then died for our sins and rose for our new life and exalted the very right hand of God over all the demonic powers and poured out the Holy Spirit so that we can have forgiveness and new life and hope. What is that? Love God, be loyal, and trust, even when it makes no sense. When Jesus says, take some of this bread and distribute to 5,000 people, and we say, that's crazy, Jesus. But you do it. And he says, love your neighbor and your enemy, not just your friend. Seek their best even at the cost of my comfort. Love my, give up my comfort for an enemy? And my mind hyperlinks back to Esram, who was pastor to the people who slaughtered his, mother and brothers. We obey Jesus' impossible commands. We do. And they're impossible. Fortunately we don't have to be qualified to be part of Jesus' disciple group. He will empower and qualify us, but we have to obey. Because the the lesson that comes out of this and the lesson that I had brought home to me graphically as I sat with Heroes of the Faith there in Kampala at the Mending the Soul Summit. Disciples can do all things necessary for ministry. All things. Through the Messiah who enables them and we bring everything we have to him. All they had was five little pita two little fish. And they brought them to Jesus and he blessed them and said go to work that's what you do in the kingdom I introduced Esran a moment ago this is Juma he is the bishop of the evangelical free churches in South Sudan well they're not in South Sudan they've been run out of South Sudan by the war they're in northern Uganda amazing 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 man this is what camps look like this is one camp there are many of them they're completely dependent on the UN trucks for food and water. There is no food and there is no water. Well, you see the water, they're walking in it. This is a water where they wash their clothes if they happen to be close to a stream, and most aren't. Moses sent me this. He said, These are orphans, twin girls and their younger brother. That's the family. That's the family. That's their house. They used to live in South Sudan. These kids are mainly orphans and abandoned kids, selling these cans of water for bread. Lost kids can be taken through Bible story and games, living in the camps. There are some jobs of a sort. An old woman can break rocks to be used for paving, perhaps. But there's more. Children showing kindness and love during scarcity of food, sharing one plate of food in the refugee camp. One kid was able to get some food. He immediately found two others and shared a plate of nutrition. I can tell you that cornmeal mush would not give nutrition for one kid, much less three or four. They immediately share it because they know Jesus. This is Moses, who I got to know quite well, and his family. This is the only time they've gotten together in like 10 years because of the war. And Moses in the red shirt on the whatever side that is Mary is his wife, third in on the other side, and their five biological children. They send their greetings to you. I didn't I only met Moses. This is Moses' home. My home, my real home in South Sudan, looted, everything taken, steel doors, windows, roofs destroyed, all house in our village the same. This is Moses in the camp. And if you compare the two pictures, you see none of these kids are the same kid because he just takes in kids like Mordecai and his house in the background, not his real house. Do you like their church? God built a church for them. What do you call that church? A tree, a nice tree, because it has shade in the Ugandan heat. It started with 15 members and it's hundreds now. And back in the background, is a building they'd be able to scrap together. And in that building, people have absolutely nothing gathered together and sing songs and dance in joy for the women's meeting during the week. They have nothing. Kids get together and do Bible lessons with great excitement when they're not selling water to make some bread. This was last Sunday in Moses' church in the camps. You can see it's packed. They have school in there all week long, church on the weekend. This is what he texted me. As of now, the church building is a temporary one and bending, wanting to fall due to rain and wind. The tents at the side are torn looking bad. They have nothing. And I look at that building that's wanting to fall down and the needs that are there, and I hear Jesus say, you give them something to eat. And they said, we have nothing. He wasn't impressed. I look at the needs here at our own church where Jesus says, you feed them. We're well behind in our budget here at Grace. We're not behind in cash. We're behind in our budget, and what that means is that things we want to do ministry-wise here at Grace cannot be done because we don't have the money to do it. And I ask you, are you willing to give a bit of comfort for ministry's sake of Grace Community Church? Everybody should be involved in that. I look at the possibilities in our neighborhood here, in our own community, things like our Father's House, ministry to domestic violence, women and such, Jim Hissop is on the board of that. It's a great thing, Compassion Connect, there are many other local ministries that reach out beyond what we do here at Grace, ministering the homeless and the hurting in our own community. But with the support of the elders, I'm going to ask you to join me and Sherry in building a building for Moses and the church in the Sudan. It well, it's in Uganda. Mending the soul is the group I was with. A, and not all the groups are integrity. A lot of them are not. A lot of them are just shysters, frankly. Mending the soul is integrity. And I have ways to get money to the Sudanese refugee camp. It'll be persecuted by Juma, who you saw earlier on, and others and it will be done with integrity and accountability because so much money goes into the wrong pockets. So if you go to Mending the Soul, look it up on your website, look it up on your browser, search for it. Mending the Soul will come up if you put in those words and there's stuff there and there's a way to give through that and if you just note Sudanese church building. The needs of that building may already be met because this is second service. It, the building has been covered. It will go to Sunday school materials. In fact, Juma sent me and said, we're surrounded by many needs. We have families, housing, school fees, ministry needs, children evangelism tools, food relief, orphan training facility. I mean, there's plenty of needs. It will go to the real needs. It will not go to, I ask you to join in. This is East Congolese, as they led us in worship. The song will start in Swahili, I think, and it'll go to English. Listen in this worship. is Moses, who I've been telling some of his story. Closer to us is Juma from South Sudan. As they sang this song, I watched them in just deep worship. These are people who have nothing. Did you catch the words of the song? Probably not. He has done so much for me. I cannot tell it all. And my, I, I just, it was more emotion than I could handle they have nothing and they sing this Sing a song, a similar song. Adria Sad has revived us some classics. I love her rendition of It's Well With My Soul. We're gonna sing it together. This doesn't mean everything is good any more than Juma and Moses. Your life may be desert, your life may be winter, but Jesus has come in to rescue and renew. Let's sing together.